Welcome to The Rant. I'm your host, Herman James, and on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about workplace permanence. First, I want to thank everyone for tuning in, liking, sharing, subscribing, and leaving reviews on iTunes for me. I really appreciate that. We've got a few new ones coming in from last week. I know we had a holiday break that just came through uh, right after Christmas here, and now we've got some uh, New Year's things coming up for us. I also want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen. I know it's a busy time, but commutes are a bitch, and that's when I tune into my favorite podcast and my shows I like to listen to because I'm not going anywhere. I have a very short distance commute, but it takes me forever. Um, as for today's drinks, there are no micro brews. There are no craft beers in the house today. We're kind of sticking with a little bit of the holiday cheer with a little bit of cocoa and a lot of Baileys. Yeah, we got the Baileys at Costco. Y'all love that. Cheap Baileys and a uh, little bit of cocoa, cheap cocoa out of the Keurig. Thumbs up to that. Uh, on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about workplace permanence. Now, in regard to that, that is the lasting state of your job and you in your job. I know on previous episodes, you've heard me talk about workplace loyalty, and both on the employer side and the employee side, they don't seem to exist anymore. There's no more, you know, he or she's a great employee because of how great they're doing. Let's get them in a higher position. Let's get them paid more. We want them to be happy. It's no longer like that. And the employees are no longer looking for longevity in one job, more of, I want to get paid now. And so I'm going to move job to job to job and just be all over the place so I can get the best paycheck. So the idea that there's a common, um, conception between both the employee and the employer that they're going to stay there for long term just isn't there. And now there are a few different ideas and reasons behind all of this. One could be simply that the turnover rate in that company is going to be high because that's just what they do. They'd rather pay more people a lower amount of salary or hourly wages in order to keep their uh, profits high. Why pay you more when they can have someone come in right after you, train them for a few weeks, only going to be there for a few months to a year at max anyway? So why pay more for that exact same thing when all it's going to do is perpetuate the same idea? And on the flip side, it could be you think you're worth more than they're paying you to do a job, and you think you can get better pay somewhere else for equal or less um, responsibility or duties. Now, all of that can be true. All of it can be found. I'm, I'm positive of that. But... There's something to be said about being able to stay within a career, within a field, within a company that's willing to pay you more or benefit you more in the long run. Now, there's going to be a difference when you're with a company that has a long history and standard of doing this versus a startup where it's going to be very unclear what couldn't possibly be there in the future versus what's now in the direct future. So, those things do kind of come and go and waver on how they'll be treated towards you and how you'll treat towards them. But that's not where I'm trying to focus today. Today, I'm looking about what will define you in the current career or job, whatever you want to call it, today. 
Now, if you have a career like I had in high school and college where I was in hospitality for a majority of the time, I was working as bar managers, as a bartender, as a banquet manager, as a server, as line cooks, all these things that allowed me to go to college at regular hours and then work odd hours and weekends and holidays to make all of my difference from my financial aid to my living standards and everything in between so I could still have a good life to people that are in offices, whether it's your corner office, your cubicle, your home office, because you're working satellite for another company, or if you're a salesman and you're always on the road. Now, all of these jobs have one thing in common when you're working for someone that is if you're self-employed you do whatever the fuck you want to do because you're always working you don't have a day off but for those of us and those of you who work for someone else have a boss or a higher up or someone to answer to is it fair for me to say that it almost feels that no matter how hard you work how much you do it's never going to be enough you're going to be asked to work harder and do more. And the fact that you already work as hard as you can and you do more than you normally would have and more than other people in your company, but you're going to be asked to work even harder and do even more. Now that means cutting into your free time, whether it be your breaks or your time that you don't have to be at work, whether it's coming in earlier, staying later, working on the weekends, your days off, holidays, all of that. That's what this world's come to, is now your great effort and your qualities aren't good enough, they want more. And they're going to keep pushing more and asking more and demanding more. And they're going to get it because you don't want to lose your job you don't want someone else taking your job, and you don't want someone hungrier than you to come in, take your position, and put you out of a job. Because no one's looking to want to career hunt and job hunt when you have one now. No, you might not enjoy everything about your job, and yeah, you might want to look for a new job, but you'd rather look for a new job while you have one and you're still performing at a high level than you would because you have to because you don't have one. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because a lot of people I've talked to and a lot of articles I've read and a lot of things that I've seen have a lot to do with this exact same thing. And I think the common theory is that a lot of people feel that the lesser qualified slackers in your company get preferential treatment. Now, that could be because they were in the same college as the manager. They went to the same church as your manager. Maybe they are buddy-buddy in and outside of work so they don't have to put forth as much effort, which is something I find completely asinine because when you're friends with someone or you're related to someone, you should have to work twice as hard as anybody else because people don't want to show that you're getting preferential treatment or that you're being favored in any way. Unfortunately, that's okay now. People are doing it all the time. People don't give two shits, and I know it's happened before and it's happened for a long time and it's not like it's new to the world to have this happen, but nepotism runs rampant 
and it's no longer a proving ground. You don't have to prove that you got this job on your own merit. People are okay saying, that's my uncle, he got me the job. And then just sitting back, slacking, checking out your fucking Twitter and your MySpace page on your cell phones and your fucking tablets and all this bullshit, doing whatever you want to do instead of doing your actual job because you're not going to get fired. What's the worst that can happen? They're going to get called. You're going to call it into your boss's office and it's your uncle. Oh, don't do that. Do better. You're not going to get in trouble for that. They're not going to have any issue with it. But because they're related to the supervisor or the boss or their best friends or they have some bullshit camaraderie in the office, they are going to be protected. You, however, that don't have any back history, any connection, any relation whatsoever, you fuck up once and you're out. You might be the best in your department or in your company. You might be the top salesman in the division, but you make that one mistake, doesn't even have to be that big of one. Your ass is on the hot seat. And you can look over and say, but Susie has fucked up every day for the past three weeks and nothing's come her way. Whereas you've never had a write-up. You've never been tardy. You've never missed a sales goal. But because you did one slip up, now you're on the hot seat. You're the one that's looking at potentially losing your job because you're already in the spotlight because you're doing so well. But now you've slipped. You're not doing as great as you used to do. So now they can see this difference. Whereas Joe Fucknuts over there, who's always done shit work, who's never done stellar anything. So the one time he does a great job, the whole office has to fucking cheer and pat him on the back and give him a fucking trophy. But when he fucks up again, it's considered common. And that's okay for Joe Fucknuts because he's not expected to do good things. You are. So how do we deviate that? How do you set the bar low enough that you can make a mistake without getting in trouble, but not high enough that you're going to get burnt out to do it and any mistake you make is going to cause you almost catastrophic failure? That's where we have to figure this out. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Herm's Minis, flask-sized bottles that fit inside your desk. That's right, desk bottles. From your choice of absinthe, tequila, whiskey, vodka, rum, whatever it is you want to have in your desk to get you through the day and through Tanya's bullshit story about her kids, you can have it. Herm's Minis, get them where you can find them. Now, To find out how far you're going to go in a company, you first have to ask yourself a few questions. One is, how long do you plan on being with that company? And what is your end goal for that company and for your career with that company? If your end goal is sheer money, I don't think that is going to be the career you're going to stay in. And you're just going to be moving company to company and for some people that's perfectly fine that's not an issue if that's the career in sales in particular they do that all the time 
Now, I know there are quite a few different sales and marketing companies that will keep you on as long as you want to, and they'll give you new lines and kind of work that way. Whereas there's specific industries, whether it's medical sales, big pharma, if it's supplies or dispensables, like these are going to be interchangeable, whether you're working for Pfizer and now that's not going to work. Now you're going to work over for Bayer and kind of work that way. However it might be, you can kind of change what you're doing, but still do the same idea. Now, if you're in a career where it is a particular art, what you're doing, whether it's going to be financial planning, you can move from different companies to companies, but still do the same thing. But again, you have to figure out how often do you want to change your job? How often do you want to change companies? How often do you want to move around? What is your ideal goal? What is it you want to do? Me personally, the goal for me when it comes to careers is remote work because I hate commuting and I don't always like being stuck in an office. So if I can do it anywhere else beside a cubicle, I don't even care a fuck about having a corner office and sitting in an office. I don't want to be in an office. I don't want to be there every day. I want to be by my pool. I want to be up in the snow. I want to be down by the beach. I want to be able to move in free room wherever I can and still get my work done. Now, I also want to be able to interact with the general public because as much as I hate the stupid fucking general public, I do like interacting with people on a regular basis. It's those assholes I have to commute with and the idiots that don't look up from the goddamn cell phones when they walk on the streets and run into you and all those in-between assholes I don't like. The general public that I can talk to, that they're sociable, have a good time with, great. Great people, good times. And that's a global thing. I don't care where I am. It's not a geographical thing. It's not an ethnicity thing. It's not even a sexual thing. Like, is that right? Sexual, sexuality. I mean, I don't care if you're gay or straight. That's all I'm trying to say. People are great to talk to. They're good interaction. They're good entertainment. You'll learn things from people you never knew you would learn. And honestly, I talk to random people in general public all the time. Bars, on the subways. We don't have subways here. We have light rails, but everyone else has like subways. And uh, yeah, I love doing it. And it, it helps me develop who I am and what I want to do and helps me become a bigger and more broad personality than I thought I would have been before a conversation started. So those are my goals. That's what I want to do. And don't get me wrong. The end goal is to make enough money where I don't worry about anything. And if we decide one day that, hey, I want to go to Ireland, we're not saving for months at a time to do it. We can literally just go, okay, so when you want to go, boom, click a button, buy the tickets, get the hotels, and go with it. That's my goal. That's my goal is to be able to do that. I'm not looking to be a billionaire. I'm not going to shun that. I'll take it. But I'm not looking to be an instant billionaire or, you know, do whatever I got to do to sell my firstborn child to get where I want to be. I'm just looking to get to where I want to get to and enjoy the ride while getting there. Now, that in a career environment has shot me personally in the foot more times than I would like to admit. Um, more so because of my work ethic. 
I have a very, very good work ethic. So much so that I'm typically the first one in the door and the last one out at night. I try to work harder and do more than anybody else around me because I feel that is what is deserved of me for having the job. I appreciate being hired and taken on and I want to prove my worth. Now, because I do that and I work my ass off nonstop all the time, I don't complain and I don't take time off. I I mean, legitimately, I don't take vacations. I can count on one hand in the past 10 years how many vacations I've actually taken. And I mean vacations, not friends or family getting married or things like that where I've got to fly out and do something and I try to make a vacation out of it. I mean, actual do nothing, go somewhere vacations for vacation's sake. I just don't do it because I like to work and it's enjoyable to me. Plus, I think the harder I work, the quicker I'll climb the corporate ladder. I can count with a few fingers where that's been successful. Now, I more times than not get the same bullshit answer or response when asked for a promotion or when asked to gain higher uh, status on a social ladder when it comes to the job, whether they get a title raise, a salary bump, more responsibilities, things of that nature. And it's typically you're too valuable in the position you're at and we cannot replace you with one person. That is some bullshit. That's some baby back bullshit. Because I work too hard and do too much I'm not deserving of more pay or a better title or just getting a new position, a higher position, a managerial position to train people beneath me to do what I do, how I do it. Because I would leave that position, which would cause a void, which would hurt the company's bottom dollar. So if you're like me, you have to take this into consideration. And figure out what it is you can do without doing too much, but just enough to be above everybody else. Because in every company I've worked for, I've worked my ass off and done the most. And I've looked around and watched people that have been there for years before I was ever there. Doing a half-assed job at a half-assed effort and getting praised all the time. I can name names and I can recall stories and situations where I've watched horrible fuck-ups but praise was given one time in particular I remember being at a country club that I was a banquet manager at and a server leaned on a table and just like you would see in movies that the leg wasn't locked and flung a wedding cake onto the floor Cake topper and all, everything, boom, crash, done. I've never been married, but I know what those costs. And on the cheap side, it's a few hundred dollars. And this thing just went ass over tin cup. By the way, I'm not sure why ass over tin cup's a thing, but it is. And um, she didn't get reprimanded. Nothing happened, actually. She got better shifts and all this stuff, but it was because... She did half-ass work in the evening, but she also did half-ass work in the morning. And the half-ass work in the morning was she would 
vacuum and clean some of the windows. Therefore, she was of value because she's a half-ass employee at a half rate doing half the job. So why pay someone more to do that job? Meanwhile, my ass, who was head of the company at that time, got chewed out for them fucking the cake up. I wasn't even on that shift. But I got fucked over for that one. Don't get me wrong, I fixed it. It wasn't even there. And I had a new cake that was brought into them within the hour that no one knew was being served out to them. And I had the cake company that made the cake have a new topper delivered to the bride and groom's house before they even got back to their house from their honeymoon. So I resolved everything, but because it happened, my ass online. And that's because I hold myself to a higher standard than others. And I want to have perfection. And I want to be able to work hard. And I want to be able to show my worth. The problem is when I do that, it leaves me open for every mistake to happen. Because I want perfection. Not that it always is, but it's damn close. And I thrive for that. But because that's who I am, that's what I do, it's my flaw. It doesn't allow me to do half-assed mediocre work because they'll see it. Management will see it. I know that that's not my full effort. So as I was trying to say, if this is something you were like as well, my way of doing things now is to get into a company. Once you're hired on and you're put in there, take a month. Watch everybody. See what's going on. See who's doing what, when, and where. Learn as quickly as you can. Your job and your responsibilities, your duties, and everything you have to do, do your job well. Learn that in no time flat. And for most people, that's not an issue, and you can do that pretty well. But watch everybody else. Learn from everybody else. Learn who doesn't do anything, who does everything, and see how it works. If this is how they always work and this is the norm, it's probably not going to change even if you do a stellar job, which means you can do a shit job in your eyes, a shit job, but it's still gonna be better than theirs and you can still enjoy your time. And then you can try to schmooze with, we've got to schmooze with to make sure that you can be a new up and coming person in the company, get a bigger raise, get a bigger this, get a bigger that, but do not put all your cards on the table right up front because all it's gonna do is shoot yourself in the foot. Now they see what you can do, they know what you can do, and they're going to hold you to it the entire time. You've already got the pedal to the floor from day one. You can't go up from there. But let's say they give you the opportunity to do more or be better or, hell, give you the opportunity to work remotely and work from home one day. Then you can do your normal effort from home so that you can do better not being there and then get what you want. Use that as a bargaining chip. So that would be my initial step, my initial recommendation to people starting a new career, starting a new job. Something that extent is don't put all your cards on the table up front because it is not going to bode well for you in the short term or long term. Because where are you going to show improvement from? If you got everything off the bat, then and there. Second tip. Do what you have to do to befriend the supervisor without being an 
ass-kissing piece of shit. We all know those brown-nosing, brown-nosing motherfuckers that don't do their job, but the nose is so far up the manager's ass, you can't tell where he stops and she begins. Or she stops and he begins, however you want to go for it, whatever floats your boat for your company. And you can always see that that asshole does a half-assed job. They aren't related to the supervisor or boss. There's no personal connection except for this motherfucker kisses so much ass and will eat the fucking dingleberries out of the crack to make sure they don't get fired. And that works. And they'll do that. Don't be that guy or that girl. Just don't be that person. Be the better person that can talk to the management on a better scale, on a more sociable scale, a more interactable idea, whether it is because you know that you both like collegiate football, you both like a certain sport, you both have the same comedy of some sort or same interpersonal skills, use that to your benefit. But keep them on their toes. Don't become a fucking pet to them. That's where the downfall is. You get too close, then you're the pet. You have to keep some sort of an edge on doing that because then all you're doing is being the ass kiss that no one likes and you don't like that either. You're expected to go into work and make the boss coffee. Who the fuck does that nowadays? Like, honestly, unless you're the fucking assistant of the boss, that shouldn't be your job. And even still, who the fuck can't make their own coffee nowadays? Even if you're a fucking millionaire, you should know how to fucking make your own coffee. And on that note, the fact that a lot of people don't know how to fucking use a regular coffee pot astounds me. People know how to use a Keurig. Take pod, put pod in, close lid, push brew. Okay. So how do you make coffee in a coffee pot? I don't know. I've never done that before. I hear this shit all the time. People in the middle late 30s have never fucking used a coffee pot. Are you kidding me? That is fucking ridiculous. It's a goddamn coffee pot. Add filter. Add coffee. Close filter. Take one pot water. Pour in back. Put pot back under. Push brew. Fucking coffee is done in under five minutes. A pot of coffee. Not a pod. A pot of coffee. You want to be green? Use a reusable filter done no plastic in the fucking trash can no plastic in the recycling no floating fucking trash plastic island around the fucking globe save the world use coffee pots so my third and probably more interesting tip would be let your wants and desires be known day one say how grateful you are for this position, or on the interview, I should say, and how much you can do and will do for the company, how much you'll be able to grow with the company, and blah, 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 blah. The typical shit you need to say to get a job. But also let it be known, you don't plan on this interim entry-level position or whatever it is you're getting there at. You want to have more with yourself and with the company, and it's going to stay that way. And keep pushing it. And let it be known throughout the time you're there. You can always refer back to it when you're in your boss's office at a review or whatever it might be and you go in there talk to them and say, hey, got hired on X. 
my performance has been stellar. I am doing better than so-and-so and such-and-such. I have exceeded all the expectations by X amount. I would like to be able to do more for the company, be a bigger asset to the company, and not a cog in the wheel of the company. I don't want to be interchangeable. I want to be someone that's blazing the trail of this company and be a bigger part of this company. And explain that and keep pushing that issue. So in jobs, do become available that are above where you're at. Maybe it's a lateral move in a new position, but it offers you more benefits or more security, whatever it may be. You're the number one person on the list that they're thinking of. That's where that needs to be. So that's what I would assume most people want to do because it's not always going to be the success in your career that's going to define you. Really, it's going to be those failures that define you. Now, that can be twofold. You could be the best of the best, the best salesperson in the company, but you become too expensive, too costly to have because the commission checks to you are so big, the company's eating some of that and they're not making as much profit as you're making. So they're going to cut your position out, put three newbies in your position, pay them all half what they, you were getting paid. So half your salary pays three newbies and they're happy to take it. And now the company's more profitable. And it could be that you had messed up once and you weren't able to rebound from it. So you're out. No matter where you were in the company, no matter what your position was, but that one mess up, boom, you're gone. Because you pushed yourself to a point where failure wasn't acceptable for the company. Mistakes weren't acceptable for the company. Because of your high performance, it doesn't work well. Now, on the flip side, maybe you're making too much for the company, but you can't leave because if you leave, if you're taking the line of product with you or you're taking the customers with you, that you have signed contract that you can take them with you because you own that book. They're not going to let you go. You can renegotiate how it wants to be done. Hell, you can even become partner at some companies when it happens that way. Or maybe on the other side, you had a mistake, but you bounced back so great from that and you've learned from it. Not only have you learned from it, you taught everyone else around you in that company how to be better from that mistake and how to prevent that from happening to them that you now become an asset. You've learned from those failures and you become a huge success. So there's two sides to every coin. But that fuck up, that failure, that you know, brash, harshness, whatever it might be, you could be too nice because everyone hates that fucking bubbly person at 7.30 in the morning. But it's those oddities, those weirdnesses, those small failures that will define you in your career, not always your successes. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be that you've done so well for the company that you should be allotted certain amounts of failures or mess-ups or mistakes. But that's not how corporate America works anymore. And that's why people look to change jobs every year, two years, because there's no permanency. You're not planning on staying there. You don't care about staying there. And young people I hear coming in, and I mean young people as in 
20, 21, 22, 23, they'll come into the office and be like, I was so fucked up last night. Do you see my Snapchats? I don't remember even putting those up there, but I totally did. I was so fucking hammered. I'm fucked. I think I might be drunk now still. Who says that? If that were heard when I was that age in any environment I worked in, I've been fired. You leave your personal life at the door. You don't bring it into work. But now it is part of work. And now everyone's looking at their social media, their Snapchats, their Twitters, their Tumblrs, their Facebooks, MySpaces. That's a a thing now. You're working, ask for your passwords and see all this shit. They see you're a fucking drunken idiot all the time. And you're not hired. Or you get hired and they see it and now they want to party with you. And they hold that shit against you. It's blackmail. Now you can't get a job because you're drunk. It's those things that are come back to get you. Hopefully they get those fucking half-ass and pieces of shit that is in your office with you that does nothing. And I don't, I, I don't know why it's that way. I don't know what it is about people that assume it's that way. And I, I guess the old idea of the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And you doing a fucking great job stands out, so that's a squeaky wheel. But... Those half-assed motherfuckers that don't do a goddamn thing, that sit there, play on their phones all goddamn day, or play on the fucking internet instead of doing their job, annoy the fuck out of me. Because they have some fucking protective nature about them within their job, within their career, that's allowing them to be able to be comfortable enough to do that shit. I would freak the fuck out if that were me. Because I'm not doing my job, I'm being paid to do a job. A job that... Other people could do. And I don't want someone else to have my job. Your career successes aren't going to be what's going to define you in your career. Your career failures are what's going to define you. Your career successes and how good you're going to do in that position or with that company are going to be what's going to hold you back because you're going to work your ass off, you're going to do your best, and then you're going to get stuck. And that fucking asshole who does half-assed work is going to surpass you because the minimal effort that they're fucking doing in that one or two times a year when they succeed, they're going to consider their successes far greater than yours because their shit fucking effort and their one success are so fucking far apart that they're going to see that this is a greatness. Whereas your successes are on a consistent higher level basis than that fucktard's successes are going to be. So you have to remember, one, find out how far you want to go in that fucking company. How much effort do you want to fucking put out to make sure you get to where you want to be in that company? Do you even want to fucking stay in that company that long? If you do, then do not put all your cards on the table at once. Don't do it up front. Don't do it halfway fucking through it. Find out who you need to fucking befriend in order to push yourself up that corporate ladder to be a better, higher fucking efficient individual and be one of the top fucking dogs in that company, in that field, in that division or that department because you're going to need friends to get you up there because you're going to have to blow by some of the fucking idiots that are next to you, behind you, and ahead of you because your success is not going to be able to pull you up by itself but your failures will be able to hold you down and terminate you right off the bat do not let any of the managerial individuals tell you that you are too valuable in the position that you're at because you are valuable there but you know who else would be valuable there someone that's not you that you can train or can learn from you what you're doing and how you become successful at that 
position. Train someone else. And if your management, your direct supervisor, whomever it may be, is not helping you surpass things, it's probably because they're fucking afraid that you're going to take their job. They've been there longer than you. You're now going to pass them just like you're afraid someone's going to pass you and they're not going to have it. So what do you have to do in order to get through that fucking glass ceiling? Go around them, go over them, or go through them. Find their manager, their manager's managers, or just apply in fucking positions that are above them or around them without them even knowing about it. Because your fucking successes will be able to be put into play if you're in that same company and they can see everything that you've already done and that your manager isn't as good as you. So fuck that dude. Fuck that girl. Go around them, go through them. Do what you have to do to get above them and do what you have to do to get beyond them because no one's going to watch your back but you no one's going to pull you up but you and no one's going to be like you so if you want to succeed and you want to do great don't let your failures define you let you define you and move on move up make that money get the fuck out of there Well, that's all the time I have for this episode. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. I want to thank everyone for sharing. Do you have any comments, feedbacks, or ideas? If you want to be a guest spot on here as well, shoot me an email at therantwithhermanjames at gmail.com. If you are looking for some good ideas as to what you want to upgrade your own podcasting or recording equipment on, check out thehermanjames.com we have a products tab on there as well you can see everything that we use here both our mobile equipment as well as we have in the studios some other ideas that we have great reviews on as well also feel free to leave us a review on itunes or on the website as well again that's thehermanjames.com don't forget to check out my friends on the east coast the shots for likes podcast shotsforlikes.com or any of my co-podcasters on the No Phony Podcast Network. Check out Politics with Dummies. Check out Two Girls on a Bench. I believe they actually finally got their awards in for this year as well. They are amazing. Check all these guys out on the nophonynetwork.com. Other than that, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for liking. Thanks for subscribing. Can't wait to be in your ears next week.